Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Green Room Podcast. I'm Matthew Bruni. Joining me once again is Colin Mitchell. Colin, happy, happy, Merry Christmas to you. Happy holidays. Uh, how are you feeling? You could have saved that by saying happy birthday since my birthday is tomorrow, but it's fine. <laughs> oh. But it's fine. You know, it is fine. That, wow. I said I said Merry Christmas to Bruni before the podcast started. He said, Colin, the podcast hasn't started. Didn't tell me Merry Christmas back. Message just completely flubs a Merry Christmas and can't even turn it into a happy birthday. It's fine. I don't matter. Everything we do is for content, Colin. You know, we can't, can't just tell you. I want to know why birthday. this is called the Green Room Podcast and you are wearing blue in a blue room. That's a what blue I need room. to know. With a blue mic. Can we can we fix are yeah, you okay? I don't know. I'm wearing bandera though. Yeah, shout out Bandera. Shout out Bandera. Uh shout out to my boy Brady Keane, who is the reason I went to the game. Honestly, Colin, I forgot. I knew North Texas played UTSA at some point. I did I forgot that it was on a Thursday night. Yeah. Just, I just forgot. And then all yeah, of a sudden I get a call. Saturday as well. I get a call from, from my boy Brady. He's like, Hey, you want to go to the game? And I was like, Sure. He said, all right, I got a courtside seats. So we go and um, there's four of us. And but me and Brady are there. We sit next to each other. And um, uh, he's the head coach at Bandera. For those who don't know, that's why I'm repping the Bandera. Um, and we get courtside seats, man. It is. I've never been courtside before like that. Yeah. Like it's legitimately like on the court. Like if I extended my leg a little bit, I could have tripped somebody. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That type of courtside. Yeah. And it was just, it was great. It was an awesome experience. Only $30 too. I don't know how that's I mean, so when cheap. you're sitting in a high school gym, I mean, <laughs> how much can they really charge? It's, it's a good point. It's a good <laughs> point. Yeah, it was a, man, it was a lot of fun. I just, we had some UTSA people to our left. We got to talk to some of the coaches beforehand and uh, how was all Matt? that good stuff. Uh, good. Well, okay. So I talked to Ross, right? And then at... <laughs> Matt comes out, they come out with the team and stuff, and I'm talking to to Luke and Ross and whatnot. Matt comes out, goes to the bench. It's like two minutes before tip-off, and Matt sees me, and he's just like, Bruni? And then just puts his fist out to fist bump me. And, I was like, and he was like locked in, and I was like, oh. He was no ready. Texas. They're he was ready winning, by, winning by 30. Winning by mm-hmm. 30. I knew at that moment. So um, they didn't win by 30, but they won by 24, Colin. Yeah, so they they got took care of business in San Antonio against UTSA, seventy eight fifty four. We have another bas- basketball podcast. Uh, we didn't cover the UMass game where they just blew out UMass. Um, I believe pulled away in the second half, so that's the only game we missed really. But it's been about two weeks, I think. No, a little less than two weeks since we last did one. So then this is the start of conference play. UTSA on the road. They take care of business, seventy eight fifty four, and we'll look ahead, look at all this stuff, but. What's the headline, Collins? Please tell the people what the headline of this Abu, podcast is. Abu proved all the doubters wrong, I guess. 15 and 19, 37 points. You wrong. God, I mean, you were also like kind of <laughs> in it, but I will definitely take take the uh, I will definitely take the blame on that. Seven and nine from the free throw line, eleven rebounds, five offensive rebounds. Listen, man, you couldn't couldn't do much better than that. Nope. Could not do much better than that. That was it he he was I mean he had 20 in the first half. That's all you gotta say, dude. I just he's let's start the game off right. And yeah. okay, UTSA. All we know about UTSA at this point is um, they're not good. Obviously, like we all know that UTSA ranks three hundred twentieth in Kim Palm. Uh, 
they're abysmal. You know, their their only wins this year have been against teams outside the 200. Um, Texas State was a pretty decent win for them. Prairie View was a decent win for them. But other than that, they've just lost to like Dartmouth, Grambling, and everybody. Yeah. So we knew that we knew they're bad, and they turn over a lot from last year's team. But the one player that they had was Jacob Germany. Yep. Right. Jacob Germany, the I believe he was on the All Conference, like second team or third team, something like that last year. Um, fine player for UTSA, center, big man. Um, I mean, pretty skilled. Hit a couple jumpers last night, and they just posted a boo up at the start of the game, repeatedly, over and over and over. And he just kept scoring the ball on, on Jacob Germany. Like it was nothing. Like he was just, he had a different bounce to him. And it was, that was so refreshing to see because Abu, you know, we, we gave him hell for the first, you know, pretty much up to this point in the season because yeah. he wasn't making the easy ones. He didn't seem like he had a pep to his step, but everything seemed difficult for him. He was shooting like 43% from the field. And then he goes out in this game and just flips a switch. I don't know. I don't know what else to say. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what it was. It, it, it He had the same looks he's had the past 11 games, and then in the 12th game, he decides to make them all. I mean, that's that's pretty much what happened because it's not like the looks he's been getting have been hard. We talked about all season. He's not getting double because he hasn't had to, and yep. he, he finally exploited you know, only getting covered by one guy. And now that's going to open up a lot of things for this offense going forward, and that's that's the thing I'm most excited about. 37 points, obviously, it's great. Now we know he can do it. Can he do it consistently? And what does that do for the rest of the offense? Yeah. Uh, most points since Rose in 2018 against Rice. You remember that game? Rose had 38. Uh, I don't know what he had. He had a lot. I didn't I didn't look up the actual score, but he had that was the game he hit what nine threes? That was his nine. that was his comeback game, right? Look, all I know is he hit like nine threes in 2018 against Rice. On it was this was on the road because then DJ hit like five or six threes. Like they those two hit a bunch of threes together in that game. 42 points. Look, 42 points. How many 42 points and uh i don't know if you have the box score up i don't 10 pretty sure 10 okay it was 10 and then dj pitched in like five or something like that yeah he had 23 points yeah so i remember that game that was a great game that was fun but anyways most points since then i think i saw the um what was it the athletic or the athletic count the basketball count tweeted out most points by a ford in conference USA since 2015 and most points in a Ford uh, at North Texas since like the 1999 or something. Wow. I mean, 37 points, Colin. No, it's a big like, deal, especially when, it, when for most of the game, it's like more than half of your team's points. Bro, like, <laughs> I'm on the sideline. And this is the best part about being on the sideline is you can yell. Like, yeah. I'm not a yeller. I'm not yeah. someone who's. Gonna, I saw like, you eat. down there. I saw you down there. Kind of. I saw you clapping and, and going like this a lot. You yeah. Know? I was clapping. I yeah. was. I was like, charge, charge. Um, I even I even did when a booth scored on I don't remember who it was, he scored on somebody, and I did the the two the two small oh my god the ground. I did that. <laughs> I was going crazy. That's so much fun because you, you it feels like a not interactive experience because I don't want to go that far, but I've never been someone, you know me, I'm kind of just like watching the game. Yeah, yeah, watch the game or whatnot. You're a type of dude there. that watches a game alone with the music with only music and the game sound off. Yeah. Like you're, you're that guy. When you're there and you could tell Jacob Germany, you're gonna be, I was like, Jacob, you're going to let a boop drop 40 on you? You said that? <laughs> Dude's getting hooped on and you just hitting him with these little remarks. I said, Jacob, don't let a boop drop 40 on you, man. <laughs> and, and then uh, they put in that number four in the game, UTSA did. 
And I was like, man, they're down to their fourth center. They're down to their fourth center center trying to stop a boo. That's crazy. (laughs) Who was that, Bowfinger or Sabali? Was that Farmer? I think it was Farmer. Farmer had 19 minutes. They had, yeah, they played a bunch of dudes. I don't know. They played a bunch of centers and guys, whatever. But uh, it was just, it was, it was so much fun. It was. Abby was Wilt. That's all I can say now. (laughs) Did I mean I'm I'm just gonna pull it up on my phone the picture. It's such a good picture. That's the thumbnail picture. It's definitely the thumbnail picture, dude. What a picture. This was on. Well, Abu posted it, reposted on his Instagram. I don't follow him on Instagram. I just was sent this. But, for those for those not able to uh, watch the YouTube, it's it's basically black and white photo of Abu on a piece of paper says thirty seven like Wilts one hundred. Yeah, and uh, he's sitting there. So shout out Abu. Um, <laughs> however, the game did get close a couple times there, Bruni. It, it was close through. I mean, what till like the 13, 12 minute mark the, in the second the half. Game cast. Yeah, and then 13, went... 13 minutes left. It was a forty three forty UTS or forty three forty UNT. Yeah, so I'm telling. I'm telling uh, Brady, I was there like, look, North Texas is going to go on one of those stretches where UTSA just doesn't score. Yeah, It happens in every single game. Grand Canyon, UMass, you, you name the game over the past three years, and there's just a stretch where the other team just doesn't score. UTSA comes out in the second half and was running good offense and was getting good looks and just like kind of dicing up North Texas. I said, there's going to be a switch. Ross Hodge is going to say something and piss everybody <laughs> off. And, and when he does that, everybody's going to lock in and then they're just going to stop them. And sure enough, what happened, Colin? They scored their 42nd point at 1246. They scored their next point at 643. Six minutes, zero points. Like, like it's literally it. And literally, if we go even farther from the 1246 mark, to 117 i'm sorry 105 they scored five points and made one basket like we're talking about 11 what is that 11 minutes yeah if you look at the the espn thing too it's funny you see the upward trajectory it's just flat after that yeah (laughs) for utsa um go ahead yeah, I mean, but but the uh, I mean, I completely agree. I mean, that we all we all know that that North Texas, it's like that's their run. That's how they make runs in basketball. They just don't let the other team score points, um, and it allows them to get points. Um, I will say though, it was concerning not seeing. I mean, because obviously Abu had thirty-seven. You didn't really need anyone else to score, but you still had Kai Huntsbury one for five, uh, exactly. Tyree eighty two for four, oh two from three, Tyler Perry four ten, um, Aaron Scott one for three, and then you go to the bench and we talk about. Uh, Ruben, Ruben. 0-4, uh, Marti- or Jade Martinez, 3-9. and nine. So the efficiency, I mean, Abu's, Abu, obviously, I'm not going to take anything away from him or anything from this team. They put up 78 against UTSA, had a good, great defensive performance. But you still have to be concerned about where your points are going to come through on a night-to-night basis. Um, because we thought it was going to be like a Ruben this year. We thought it was going to be Tyree Eady. We, we definitely thought it was going to be a Kai Huntsberry. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, Tyler Perry's going to get his, but it, it's not going to be very efficient every night. So... Um, that that was my concerning thing whenever it got to that 43 42 point because if they don't make that stop and they're not and it's just back and forth no one's scoring what happens i was saying in the second half um there was a stretch where abu cooled off a bit and i was like all right it has to be tyler perry time or kai huntsbury like one yeah. of those two and that's that's what this team ultimately their ceiling is going to be defined by how good kai huntsbury and tyler perry are like those two have to be elite players for them to get to where they want to go. And so um, I would have liked a little more once they got like they get switches with Tyler Perry and I feel like they don't attack them. Mm-hmm. And obviously like 
yesterday it was fine because Abu was scoring at such a high clip. It's like you didn't really need to force anything. Yeah. But I would love against better teams if you get a switch with Tyler against a five or a four or a guy who can't defend. I would love just a clear out isolation. I would love it. They kept rescreening and rescreening, and I'm the like, rescreening thing was so annoying too because it'd just be back and forth, back and forth, back and yeah. forth. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> like, you already got the switch. What's the point of the screen at this point? And yeah. so, um, that was a little concerning. I want them to continue to give Tyler as many opportunities as possible to, to score and to shoot the ball because he's just such an elite shooter. And I thought there were times he could have Tyler could have shot more threes. Um, I mean, he waited until a guy went all the way under the screen to finally pull one. Uh, off the bounce and i was like why not just pull like pull earlier like they're giving you space they weren't respecting him as much like they were denying him ball but they weren't like pressing up on him when he had the ball so and then uh kai i'm really concerned about his three-point shooting yeah i just don't know if it's ever going to get there so if that's the case you know that it's one less guy they have to defend from the three-point line you're already kind of not the most, not the best team as far as spacing goes, but you need Kai to make some threes. Um, obviously, Ruben, 0 of 3 from 3, you need those to go in. So um, I was happy with Matt Stone's performance. I didn't have a problem with Jaden Martinez, even though he went 3 for 9. I thought they yeah. were giving him looks. He had to shoot them. So, And I think he's just so talented. Um, but, yeah, so it is a concern uh, as far as efficiency goes, 7 to 25 from 3. But overall, I think as they continue to progress in conference play, you'll have Tyler and Kai get a little bit more aggressive. Yeah, I would assume. Yeah, I would assume for sure. Um, obviously, defense is never an issue. Uh, you did already mention Matthew Stone. Listen, man, he's playing himself into those minutes that we were unsure of because I, the three he hit in the corner uh, early was big. I guess that was his only three, and then yeah. he just continues to play really hard. And and that the two offensive rebounds. I remember both of those, and mm-hmm. you know, just tough plays. Yeah. Well, we said before the season. Well, we said after the St. Mary's game, we're like, you know, this guy. Matt Stone is obviously a fine role player, but he can't be playing 25 minutes a game for this team, which I don't think was anything crazy to say. It was just the fact it was just, um, you know, I think he fits into a role really well. Now, 20 minutes is on the higher side, but he really backed up and, you know, deserved those minutes. Like he was really, really playing well. And especially with maybe some of the struggles um, I know they're in different spots, but like the struggles Ruben was having and then Tyree Edie uh, was fine. But, you know, Edie and Stone are kind of on a similar plane to me at times. So that that's going to be an interesting rotational piece to see how many minutes he gets. But uh, yeah, I mean, ultimately, we've said it before, if he can shoot the ball, you're going to get on the court because he's tough enough to do everything else. Uh, yep. I think that's going to be interesting. Um, who else do you want to highlight? Um, I did like, I don't know if you really caught this but i did like when they ran for a couple plays um matthew stone was was the recipient of one of those and i was like yeah this is what we need this is we need some something to get some guys into rhythm uh and it was it was uh it was when they had their downs their their uh when they couldn't score i remember and i was like yes let's continue doing stuff like this because they can do it they have the athletes to do it do you think we'll see more of that I think um, obviously off turnovers, I think so. Um, I really would, I really wanted Tyler to pull up for three when he had that transition and went for yeah. the layup and missed it. Yeah. I was like, bro, just pull up for three, like just pull up and just just let it go. Um, I think Abu and got got the board and got fouled or something like that afterwards. I don't remember what happened, but uh, stuff like that. 
I, it's just it's not in this team's DNA. Like you can just tell guys are so uncomfortable taking early shots. Yeah. Um, it's hard for me to say that that's gonna change. Like it just is. I no, for sure, and I agree with you. It's just I feel like a lot of these the the guys you got on this team, Kai and Ruben, especially they're rhythm guys that mm-hmm. you have to kind of they have to get into a flow. Uh, and Ruben too, just you know, kind of getting away, getting back from that injury. I feel like he's just been really timid. Um, there, I think there were two times I remember last night where I feel like he could have hit, like, just turned around for a quick midi and just you know hesitated, came back down, passed, kicked it out um, yeah. to Tyler, and it's just like. I'd like to see Ruben try to be more aggressive in, in instances like that. Yeah, he's got to – I mean, ultimately, it's the same thing. You're With me, talking basketball, Colin, like you know, you got to shoot the ball. Yeah. Like, you got to shoot the ball. He has to do better than 0 for 3. I thought he had some decent looks too, and he airballed one of them. And it's like – and I remember because I was already standing up in the corner, and then I had to sit back down. <laughs> I had to sit back down. I had to sit hey, at back least there down. weren't a lot of fans there. So uh, that, not, there not... Was, It was more than I thought there were going to be. I'll give him that. It still wasn't a lot. I mean, North Texas actually had a good amount of people that we were doing the North Texas chant the whole time. That's crazy. Was, that's that's got to be demoralizing. <laughs> that's got to be insane. Dude, I mean, the gym is just awful. It's absolutely just putrid. Hey, it's disgusting. You know, <laughs> no. you got to do what you got to do. I, I told Brady, I was, this was, I was joking with Brady. I was like, imagine this team's going to be the American next year. Memphis is gonna have to come to this. Penny Hardaway is gonna go in there. Penny Hardaway is gonna come here and then be, walk in and then be like, "No, guys, we're not playing here. We're leaving. We're going on a fly home. I will forfeit this game." Penny Hardaway playing there is hilarious. It's gonna be so funny. <laughs> but yeah, UTSA has got some work to do. Like football, yeah, UTSA is cool. Um, they had a good baseball season, but like facilities wise, across the board, they got nothing. They have absolutely yeah. nothing. So. All right. Anything else from this game? A uh, good win. Glad they pulled away. Um, I I knew it'd be tight for a little bit, but like they were up what fifteen in the first half or twelve yeah. in the first half, and then they came back. Blah blah blah. But the real test starts on Thursday, Colin, December 29th. FAU, man, they got some dudes. They beat Florida. They got um a lot of talent. This game will obviously be in Denton now. The downside to it being in Denton is that you use one of your home games when all the students are on Christmas break. So you don't have that. Not saying that the students are going to, you know, show out. But, hey, they've gotten a pretty good, from what I can tell, pretty good student contingent there recently with the Mean Green, was it Maniacs? Mm -hmm. And um, you go from there. But you have FAU and FIU at home on Thursday and Saturday of next week. And uh, FAU is obviously the big game. If they can beat FAU, they're going to be sitting pretty. They're going to be sitting Oh, yeah, real, and real I think pretty. that's the game where we're going to get – where you and I are going to sit and go, okay, this is where this team is going to be this season. Because FAU is 11-1. They beat some good teams, and this is kind of going to be where the benchmark is. This, this is going to prove where our concerns should be, like whether or not – our concerns with with Kai and, and whoever else is is a is a rifle concern. It's going to be interesting to see how Abu also performs against a lot better FAU team. Who's you know you're not just going against one player in Jacob Germany. You're going to have guys finally going on him after seeing you know him put up 37 points. So I think that's going to be a good benchmark game for us to go. Okay, this is where this team's going to be at this season. And then not for nothing too, you have Western right after FIU. Yeah. So the schedule, the first half of the schedule. It's crazy. Is a is a lot tougher, I think. Like, well, also we talked about for conference USA is 
is really, really solid this year. Like the only give me games in Conference USA this year are UTSA and FIU, I'd say. Um, UTEP is down there, but I, I think UTEP is challenging. Um, you know, Rice could, you know, it's kind of what they were last year. So you don't really fear them, but, you know, they, they're always capable of doing something crazy. Um, La Tech isn't as good as they usually are, but still – they, UTSA is the only team that's in that's below 200 in Kempom. Like UTEP yep. 201st. So the only one below them. Everybody else is top 200. Uh, I'm sorry, FIU is down there too. FIU is 263. FIU, UTSA, everybody else is is solid. So um, out of your 20 games, 16 of them are going to be tough. You have, after FIU, you have Western, Middle, F, uh, La Tech, and FAU again. Mm-hmm. So in your first six games... You play FAU twice, Western, Middle, La Tech, and your yeah. one in your uh, and FIU. So that's yeah. after UTSA. So it's going to be um, a real test. FAU to this point has beaten Florida, Bryant, Albany, South Alabama, Florida Gulf Coast. Um, and the thing is, it's not just that they're beating those teams. They blew out Bryant. Well, they beat Bryant by eleven. They beat Detroit Mercy by twenty-one. Who Detroit Mercy is not bad. South Alabama. By what is this? I can't do math. Twenty-five. Yeah. Um, Florida Gulf Coast by thirty. FIU by twenty-six. Like this is one of the better offenses in Conference USA, if not the best offense in Conference USA. They rank 39th in the country in offense, eighth in effective field goal percentage, eleventh in three-point percentage. Yeah. Like this is this this is the ultimate test for this team, and I I just don't think you can go into this game relying on your defense to stop them. Like we talked about, Kai, Tyler, Ruben. They're gonna have to play a lot better, yeah. Than I think that they've than they've played this season. I, to to be to be blunt, like Tyler, we know he's capable of it. We just, but for Kai and Ruben, there is no. I mean, they've had good spurts throughout this season, but have, what have we seen from um, Ruben over the past two years that says, oh, he's gonna break out and be a fifteen point per, or point per game scorer in conference? Nothing, yeah, or twelve per game score in conference right i think it was at eight last year nine something like that um kai obviously this is his first year over here like we we think he's very very talented but he's gonna have to take a step forward at some point tyler is the only one that i trust on this team yes the entire team tyler's the only one i trust to be like okay this guy is ready for the wars of conference usa yeah start to finish well here's what i mean this is what they're gonna need to find out is can kai take that Javion-esque conference step that he took that year. Because remember preseason that year, we said, okay, what is happening? This is bad. Mm -hmm. Conference came. They played a good team. I forgot who it was. We were like, okay, this is the real deal. Can Kai take that step? And and this stretch, more so than just the FAU game that's coming up, is going to prove whether or not that's going to be possible. Because once you get through that stretch, if they haven't already turned it around, it's from the the perspective of, you know, the at-large bid or whatever you want a conference championship, it'll be over at that point. Because you're gonna, you've already played FAU twice. UAB obviously is the favorite. You have to, you you don't have a chance to warm up. This is it. You're here. The Mm -hmm. the conference season's here, and it's and it's uh, as Max said in our um, uh, interview with him. You know, you're not playing the bottom teams, and or he didn't say that. I guess we said that you're not playing like a Southern Miss or anybody. You're playing a stacked schedule, whole way Mm -hmm. through. It's time to prove who who you are and who you can be. Everybody twice as well. So there's yep. no you only there, there's no you only get Western once this year or middle once like I think they did last year like you get everybody twice yeah and um that will be the real test I'm trying to see where North Texas ranks wow they jumped up high 
North Texas is up to 42 in the net rankings. Wow. Right that is That's really high. 54 in Ken Palm, which is also very high, but 42 is nuts. So, so since since we're not doing a preview podcast because we don't do this for basketball, what do you think? Yeah. How do you think this FAU game goes? There's no I, there's no line. They are favored 56% to 43% on ESPN. Yeah, Kim Palm has it as a two point like has North Texas 64 or 62. Yeah. That's what Kim Palm has it at. Um, I haven't seen enough FAU. I saw a bit I saw a little bit when they played Florida and I was very impressed. Um obviously they beat Florida um on the road in that game. Yeah. So I, I think have been, it being at home is is a plus. I can't predict a winner. Six days. Yeah. I, I don't know if I can. I you have to this team is going to have to have a very, very good shooting performance. Yeah. Like, I just don't think you hold FAU. Like, Kim Palm has it at 64-62. I can kind of agree with that, but you're not holding FAU to under 60 points, in my opinion. Like, you're not. They average so, 81 a game, so. Yeah, you're not holding them to under 60. And so, you can't turn the ball over. You have to rebound well. Abu has to finish. Again, he has to be very efficient. Um, and then your guards have to make shots. Like, yep. Ruben at this point, and I don't want to single out Ruben, but – I mean, I'm I'm gonna do it. He's three of nineteen. He's three of nineteen from three this year. Yeah, and obviously coming back from injuries is very difficult for everybody. Like I'm not saying that he can't get better, but three of nineteen from three, that's not gonna cut it. Kai's not doing much much hotter. He's shooting like twenty three percent or something from three. Like, yeah, if your guards aren't making threes, I don't know what you want this team to do. Like yep. yes, and that's kind of why they've been so poor post up oriented is that you want to try to get some guys some open looks, some open threes. Jaden Martinez, I trust his three point shot probably more than any of those guys. Like if we had a ranked three point shooters on this team, Colin, it's Tyler and then who's second? Stone. Honestly, Jayden. no, Jaden. Jaden? As you go, Jaden and Stone. If we're talking about if we're talking about just in in game three that they, someone has to make, yeah. Like, like seriously, I mean, Aaron Scott's five or thirteen on the year, you know. But that's that's what I'm saying. It's like, okay, you have Tyler and then everybody else. Yeah. Like, if you took away Tyler's threes, I don't know what this team's three point percentage would be, but it wouldn't be good. Like, they're already they're still shooting thirty two percent from three yeah. as a team, and that's including Tyler shooting forty four percent. Yeah. Like it's and- just so either one of two things has to happen: either you get Tyler the ball more and you let him shoot more. Or everybody else has to start playing better because at this point in the year, you're when you're playing these FAUs, you're playing LaTeX, Western Kentucky, blah blah blah. Playing these teams, I'm sorry if you're not making shots, you don't get the ball. No, That's I agree. My approach. That's well, no, my especially approach. especially when when you're playing an FAU team, they average 81, they only allow 62, so there's a huge difference there. They're also shooting 49% from the field, whereas North Texas is shooting 39%. So, I mean. Who, what's gonna what's gonna bend or what's yeah. gonna break here? North Texas's defense or FAU's offense? And right now, I'd say FAU's or sorry, North Texas's defense. Just because when a game gets close and a team has to make shots, FAU is way more capable of doing that right now than North Texas is. But again, that's what this Thursday game is gonna tell us. And um, not for nothing, let me let me double check this. FAU's defense ranks fifty fourth in the country. Yeah, they're good. That's they have sixty two points uh, points allowed per game. North Texas is fifty two, so. I mean, gonna what's going to break? It's going to be tough. What's going to break? going to be tough. Um, but all right. I think that's all we got um, for y'all today. Hope y'all enjoyed it. Um, I don't have anything new on the on the football front. There's a lot of people out there talking about uh, Eric Morris's hires. 
um, that are a lot smarter than me, a lot more plugged in than me. It looks like they're all good hires. Everybody likes them. Uh, yeah, uh, Gilbert it took like half Texas. of Washington State staff. So Gilbert from Texas was the director or was the high school relations guy or something like that. So that's obviously good. You got a bunch of high school coaches, uh, Texas coaches in there. So that's that's great. Um, I saw they got a Denton Geyer guy in their signing class. Um, there are a lot of outlets out there that have people talking about it that are um, more plugged in than I think um, I am and we are. So you can continue to check those out. Um, anything else? Anything else? Uh, I think we'll do well, our next podcast after the new year. Yes. Well, okay. we'll see how the FAU game goes. If the FAU game's a barn burner, we might just hop on. Yeah. yeah. Or if they just blow them out. We'll probably okay. We'll probably do a podcast after the FAU game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Unless the FAU blows them out, in which case, no, we'll probably do it still. Probably still do it. All right. Um, what was I was gonna say, quick thoughts. Austin Ani in the transfer portal, Colin. What are your thoughts? <laughs> what are you thinking? Listen, you thinking? listen. That bowl game couldn't have gone any worse for Austin Ani's quote unquote NFL draft hopes. <laughs> Two of the worst picks I've ever seen ever on any level of football. And then he gets pushed down by his coach and then pushes him back and then leaves the game going, yep, I have, a, I have to go to the draft after this. No, you can't, you can't do that. He had to, he had to just eat crow and, and he's going to go play. I don't know. Where do you, where do you think he goes? Okay. I don't know. I have no idea. I was trying to look up rumors, you know, rumors and stuff like that. And people yeah. started throwing out Baylor. Like people started throwing out like actual P5 schools. And I understand the appeal of, of wanting um, a player that put up a big stats at a small school and have them elevate to the next level. Like, that makes sense to me. But this isn't Bailey Zappi. This isn't Mason Fine. Like, I just – there's no reason at all for any of these schools to be doing this to themselves. But I think that's maybe just them looking at the numbers. But I think once you turn on the tape, I think it's pretty obvious. Like, Man, if you type in Osnani on uh... – because uh, I was trying to see like rumors, it's just like Austinani is an inspiration to us all. <laughs> CFB World reacts to preposterously old transfer QB, and there's all these podcasts on YouTube. There's one Austin Ani, the oldest player in transfer portal, 121k views on TikTok. What is happening? Listen, I just want to see we... how I want to see how Austinani does, mostly because I want to know if it was Austinani's problem or Seth's problem. Bro, it wasn't. Okay, look, we want to get on Seth as much as we want. Austin only throwing interceptions. No, those I picks obviously. No, I those can't. picks obviously. But if this man comes in next year, throws over sixty percent. No. Bro, okay. he threw like fifty. He's, what's his career completion percentage? It's like, like 54, fifty-five percent. Fifty. Yeah, fifty-five, something like that. No. It's gonna be. It's gonna be amazing. I, okay, so you think he goes to a power five school? I can't see it. I can't see it. I'm trying to think. He definitely goes to like a. But then again, I say that and like. Could a school like Arizona, you know, like or a low school like that? Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of another one, but like something like that. <laughs> sure, I guess. What's the school? He's he, he's got to stay in Texas. I feel like he's he's supposed to be thirty as a kid. He should go to UTEP. That's my hot take. He should go to UTEP. Rice? Rice, what? just downgrading just the the facilities. Dude, I don't think I can't imagine a school. Okay, it's gonna sound harsh. I don't care. A school better than North Texas should not be taking Austin. <laughs> it's 
That's true. <laughs> no, they you're shouldn't. Right. After, especially after watching that bowl game. Dude, hold on. Let me let me put on my rant jacket real quick. All right. Is that blue too? If you're Sorry. yes. <laughs> that's why, that's why you, I already put it on. I already put it on. Look, if you're Arizona, if you are uh, name a bad school, okay? Name a bad school. If you're uh Northwestern, if you're Nebraska, if you're any of these programs, you shouldn't be taking a flyer on one year of Austin Ani at 30 years old. Go build for the future. Go start a 19-year-old at quarterback, for God's sakes. There's no reason anybody above North Texas level should be taking Austin Ani. Bottom line. So you're saying win now schools for a team worse than North Texas. Exactly. Exactly. Rice, Mike Bloom. Win, win now schools. UTEP, Dana Dimmel. That's crazy. Um, there's probably a lot of schools out there that 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 could take him. Like uh, now if Western Kentucky would have lost their quarterback, that Reed guy, that's really good. Maybe I could have seen it, but like, no, no, that's it. That's my spiel. That's it. I'll keep it short. Okay, I agree. I mean, I'm just, I just like to throw stuff out there. I think it's funny. No, I appreciate. Anyway, it. shout out, shout out, Austinani transfer portal after a horrendous performance in the Frisco Bowl. I rewatched that interview before the Frisco Bowl, and he's like, "I'm really I one of the reasons why I came back to play college football is so I could play in this again after last year's Frisco Bowl." And I was like, "Who really just wants to go back to the Frisco Bowl, dude? Who goes? Just... Who loses to Miami, Ohio in the Frisco Bowl? And was like, yeah, I want to be back here. Redemption, yeah, right. Like <laughs> you watch Miami, Ohio celebrate, and you're like, yeah, he's driving, he's driving down El Dorado, El Dorado Parkway here in uh, next to Toyota Stadium, and he goes, yeah, I want to be back there this year." <laughs> Right down the road from from University of North Texas. Be like, this is this is mine. Yeah, this is no, mine. this is nope. It's crazy. Don't need to do that. All right, that's all we gotta do. Uh, that's it for today's podcast. Hope y'all enjoyed it. I don't know how we're at thirty three minutes. We just ramble. That's how I. But um, next time we talk, we'll probably be after the FAU game. So uh, hope y'all enjoyed this pod, and we will talk to y'all later. Yeah, Merry Christmas to everybody. Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and Happy Birthday to Colin Mitchell. Wow. December 24th, Christmas Eve, baby. It's too late. It's too late. Christmas Eve. Happy, wait, it's not that. That was crazy. I can't even believe it. I can't even believe it. I almost said happy Christmas. I know. That's that's, that's what was crazy is you didn't even think birthday. You always say everyone forgets your birthday. I do. Case in point. Just another example. Case in point. Another example. All right. We'll talk to you all later. Follow us on socials. Leave a like, comment, share, subscribe. We appreciate all of the support. We'll talk to you all later.